When you have the velocity of a rhino behind you, you're going places. Rhino High Productions, a national creative agency combining 20 years of media, marketing, and entertainment experience. We connect people, we generate strategies, we produce out-of-the-box media, and we do it all at rates lower than the other big agencies. Want to move your company forward in 2016? Contact us at 314-349-1222. That's 314-349-1222. Or visit our website at rhinohideproductions.com. And don't forget the why and hide. live in an era when children often know more about their electronic devices than their own family history. Parents invest more time in the carpool line than at the dinner table, and marriages teeter on the cliff of neglect. Today's program will offer families creative, life-changing solutions to these modern-day dilemmas. Learn how to deposit small pebbles of intentional action into daily life to build a mountain on which your family can stand for generations. My guest today is the author of Reclaiming Home, Krista Gilbert. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Krista is an author, blogger, and speaker who lives in the mountains of Idaho with her husband and their four children. Passionate about bringing meaning and fun to the table, she inspires others to live their lives on purpose, encouraging deep roots of connection, faith, love, and grace. Thanks, Krista, for being my guest today. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, your book is wonderful, uh, Reclaiming Home, A Family's Guide for Life, Love, and Legacy. Um, You talk in your book about having a family mission statement. What does your family mission statement say, Krista? Well, I'll just start first by just saying what a a family mission statement is just those ideals that we're going to hold up as our highest values. And these are the values that we are going to measure our decisions by, we're going to measure our actions by in our home and also as we go out into the world. So it's a common language that we all can speak. And a family mission statement really should be short enough that everyone can remember it. You know, if it, my first family mission statement that I ever created was about a page long, and none of us could remember hardly anything in it. So we, over the years, we revised it. And now we just have a three-statement mission statement, and it says, honor God, love others, live with integrity. Mm. And those are our three things that we are going to hold everything up to, and we're going to say, you know, is this decision living with integrity? Is, is it honoring God? And it just helps us to have a measuring stick by which we can make decisions and also um, help our children and coach our children as they go through life. That's great. That's great. So I would encourage families to consider developing a family mission statement. And I, I know your book could give them more information. But let's move on. You uh, also talk about the fact that parents need to reclaim home. What do you mean by that? I think as families in our current culture, we often feel like we are reacting to culture, that we are just, um, you know, as culture comes at us, we are just doing our best to react to, to what's coming in, whether it's in our, in our kids, from our parenting standpoint, whether it's our time, even our marriages. And so what, 
in reclaiming home, what I'm saying is let's take that back. Let's go on offense rather than just be playing defense all the time. You know, I was a, I was a soccer player, college soccer player, and there's a big difference between playing offense and defense and the mindset. In the defense, you're just reacting, and in the offense, you get a call to play. You get to say, this is how we are going to play this game. And I really, that's, that's the basis of reclaiming home. It is, we're going on offense. We're going to choose how we spend our time. We're going to choose how we're going to approach, you know, let's say technology, or we're going to choose how we approach um, family dinners and gathering around the table. So we are making those decisions on purpose. Okay, good, good. You also uh, talk about a rooted lifestyle. Uh, Explain what you mean by a rooted lifestyle and then explain why it's important. So a rooted lifestyle is just doing things that make the heart well and that bring connection with one another. So when we, we know what those are intuitively, actually. You know, when we get out in nature and we take a hike together, for example, well, there are many things happening there. One, you are getting outside, and that's really good for our spirits. Two, we're usually unplugged during that time because we're not on our phones and hiking. Um, and three, we're connecting with one another. We're on the trail. We're, we're giving, you know, relationships breathing room. We're doing something together that's healthy and active, and, and we're talking. And, you know, that's just one example, but, but it's something that's going to create connection and something that's going to, you know, bolster your spirit and bolster your, um, your heart in some way. And so, and that, that could be sitting around a campfire roasting marshmallows. It could be, um, you know, going out and playing backyard soccer with one another. But just, you know, those things that bring connection. So right now you have a snowstorm, I think, going on at this point. So what would your family be doing to have a rooted lifestyle in this weather in uh, Idaho? <laughs> That's a great question. We just were talking about that a few minutes ago. We are actually going to go outside and build a snow fort today mm. <laughs> as soon as I get off this call. It sounds like fun. And tell me your, the ages of your children right now. I didn't ask that. So I have 9, 12, 14, and 16. Oh, wow. They will love a snow fort, won't they? <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to spend some time skiing as well over the next few days. So that'll be great connection time. Awesome. Awesome. That's wonderful. Uh, that's great. Okay. So I, I just, we had said that before the program started, talked about the snow, and I'm like, okay, that'd be a good thing to find out what you do. And that sounds like a really fun time to mm-hmm. build a snow fort, uh, as long as you're dressed warm enough, I'm sure. <laughs> So uh, you identify five fundamental principles for any grounded home. Can you give us an overview of those? Sure. And these these really are just, um, they play off of one another. And so why don't I go ahead and read them? Sure. And then um, maybe we can talk about one or two more specifically. You but bet. the five are, the, the, um, the one that really encompasses all of them and is the umbrella over all of them is love. And then there's acceptance communication, play, and presence. And they really do hold hands with one another. And let me give you an example of that. So um, play is one of them. You know, as, as adults, we can become pretty serious, and we forget how to have, have fun. 
we forget how to play. And yet, that is one of the main ways that kids connect with each other and with, with us, too. But we forget that. And so if we spend some time just building those, those fun moments with them, for example, in, in my book, I have specific things you can do that don't take a lot of time, and I'll just read a couple of them. Um, have a pillow fight. Hide behind a corner, then jump out and tickle people as they walk by. You know, just kind of being silly, just, mm-hmm. you know, mixing things up a little bit. But here's what happens when we actually take the time to have fun with our kids is they feel a stronger connection with us. And when they feel a stronger connection with us, they're going to communicate more and mm-hmm. they're going to open up more. And so then when we really want to have those deeper conversations with them, our relationship is in a better position for that. So they really do go hand in hand. They do. Yeah. And communication is so important in the family. And uh, you certainly talk about that. Talk a little more about why communication is so important. And by the way, it isn't that we tell them what to do. We're spending a lot of time listening to them as well, aren't we? Yes, um, a lot of time. And I would say, you know, I've got a couple teenagers now, and I think even as, as they get into those years, that becomes more and more important. And as we we spend that time asking them what they think and really helping them um, to learn how to formulate their own thoughts and ideas, and that also shows acceptance. So again, you know, they, they go together because then that tells them we we accept you, we love you, we are valuing what you have to say. Um, but, you know, communication is, is so vital, and it's something we have to work at. It's not something that will just come naturally to us a lot of the time. Um, for example, I have a, a child who's a very different communicator than I am. He is a strong introvert, and he is a mental processor. Um, and so we have to work hard at our communication, but ultimately we do work at it. Mm-hmm. And we do work at, you know, meeting each other where, where the other one is at and working through those things so that our relationship, there can be nothing, not a wall between in our relationship. Mm -hmm. That's important because everybody does learn differently and people do communicate differently. So I'm glad you brought Mm -hmm. that up. What about presence? What do you mean by that? (laughs) You know, presence is just um, the concept that we are available and, and not just in the same room, but we are engaged with that person. Now, that doesn't mean we're always talking either, but we're available. We are, um, we are there for that person. And let me give you an example of a couple of times where that has played out specifically in my home. So there was a time when my daughter, um, she was at a charter school. It was very difficult, rigorous academically, and um, she just had tons and tons of homework. And so I just felt like we were not connecting very well because she – you know, we'd come home, she'd have uh, soccer, and then she would go straight to dinner and homework. And so I just started hanging out in the same room where she was doing homework and just being there. So I would bring in a project or, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't on the computer because I think when you bring in technology, you get drawn into that and then that takes away that engaged piece. So I just brought in some kind of project and I would just do it sitting next to her. Mm -hmm. And that presence it was incredible how just that one simple move of me going to her and doing that made a difference in our connection. And she definitely started to feel more connected to me, and we started having that um, 
you know, because it's a constant thing you're working at. You can feel really connected one month, and the next month you feel off with your kids. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out, okay, where are they at and where am I at? And how can I enter their world and connect more with them? And that, you know, for that one time, that was what I needed to do to connect with her more. That's great. That's great. Well, let's go on. Uh, we we get so caught up in the tyranny of the urgent, we often forget to inventory how we spend our minutes. Any advice here? Yeah, I think it's a challenge for all of us. Again, this book was written out of my own need. Um and we all have the same amount of time in a day. That is, that is the one even playing field that we're all given. And we get to decide how we use those minutes. And I like to talk about something called the power of small decisions. And that is that, you know, there are things we just have to do. The dishes have to get done, the laundry, you know, work, whatever, you know, those have-tos are. We have those. But then we also have discretionary time. And we all have that as well. And my encouragement is to really think through that discretionary time. How am I going to use these small minutes of time to connect more with my family and really spend it on those things that matter the most? And that doesn't have to look like, you know, a big chunk of time. It can be for this one minute, I am going to sit down and look at my child in the eye and tell him something that I appreciate about him. For this one minute, I'm going to go and to my husband or, you know, to my wife, whoever's listening, and, you know, give, give him or her a back rub and just say, thanks for all you do for our family. It really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really thinking through how can we um, harness the power of small decisions to create a movement forward for our family. That's great. And you had some excellent suggestions and inventory of how you spend your time in the book, which we don't have time to go into. But again, I would really encourage our listeners, if they're looking for a book to help them reclaim their home, this would be a great book. So let me make some announcements and then I'm going to share some information about uh, three of her books that we're going to be giving away through a drawing and ask her about where uh, you, our listeners, can call to uh, purchase her book if you'd like to do that. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Parenting with Purpose, to our listeners. To receive your complimentary booklet, call our response center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. That's witness2family at gmail.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield. Go to the Thrivent website, www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice, or call them and ask them to help you do that at 1-800-847-4836. You can also support Family Shield when you purchase items on Amazon Smile. Instead of the regular Amazon, go to Amazon Smile and put in Family Shield Ministry as your charity of choice. Amazon donates one half of a percent of your purchases back to us. So it's a great way to support us uh, as you purchase maybe Christmas items or other birthday presents for family members. We also want you to know that if you're a new supporter, your gift will be matched through the Family Shield Thrivent Matching Challenge Grant. So if you give a gift of $10, it becomes 20 Or if you give a gift of $100, it becomes 200 You can give a gift on our website at www 
FamilyShieldMinistries.com. You can send comments, prayer requests, and support to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Uh, Krista Gilbert has donated three of her books, Reclaiming Home, A Family's Guide for Life, Love, and Legacy, to us so that we can give them away. And we're going to have a drawing. So if you'd like to sign up to have your name included in the drawing, call us, the Response Center again, 1-877-250-8416, or just email us your complete physical address so we can mail that book to you if you win it, witness to family at gmail.com. I want to go back to my guest, Krista Gilbert. And also I want to ask you if they want to purchase the book, Krista, how would they do that? Well, they can go to my website, kristagilbert.com, and that's always an easy way. Or they can also get it on, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and any bookstore would, would have it. Okay, wonderful. Good. Again, the name of it is Reclaiming Home, Krista Gilbert, G-I-L-B-E-R-T. Uh, it's a great book, and I really would encourage you to consider that. So I want to go back to uh, some of our uh, discussion about your book, Um you, you talk about ways a parent can help instill a solid worth, work ethic in children. And many of them are already overburdened and overcommitted at school, church, and sports. What are some of the things that parents can do uh, to, to instill that solid worth, work ethic in their children? I think it's important that we look for opportunities for our kids to grow their skill sets and also just to help and be a part of the family and take ownership of the family by work. And childhood is one of those times where they have the opportunity to learn work ethic. And after, after their childhood and adolescence is, is over, um, that window closes, and they don't really have that chance anymore to learn that. And a skill that's going to really benefit them significantly the rest of their life. So... It's important for us as parents to think about how, first of all, how can I build this into our schedule? And secondly, always remember that something is better than nothing. I think a lot of times as parents, we think if we can't do the full-on chore chart, you know, up on the wall and have everyone doing something every day of the week that, that, well, we can't do that, so we're just not going to do anything. And I really encourage parents to say, no, something is better than nothing. So if all we can do right now is have our kids do the after-dinner dishes, okay, that's something, and that's helping. That's still good, and it's good for them. Um, And there may be seasons. You know, for us, we have seasons where our kids are really into sports and we have very little free time, and then other seasons, like the winter or summer, where we're freed up a little more and our kids have a little more time as well. And so during those seasons, I try and do more than I do on the times when we really don't have the time. So, you know, just really be flexible and, and try and just fit it in where you can. And also in the book, I give a chart that helps you see what your child can do at what age. Oh, yes, and, I love that. That was great. And I really, I mean, when my kids were little, I mean, I started them, you know, at eight, when they could learn how to walk, of just holding a little dusting, a feather duster, or holding the... Um, 
you know, the little vacuum cleaner and, you know, just helping them to get in the habit, even from a young age. And I find that younger kids are often really eager to help. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. when they get to be teenagers yeah. that we struggle a little bit <laughs> <That's right. laughs> getting them to help. Um, but to push through that, you know, and to say, I'm sorry, but you won't have this privilege if you don't, you know, complete this task, whatever it is. And because it really is important for them to help the family. And I, I really liked uh, you had numerous different ways to set up chores. Uh, and I know we may not be able to share all that on air, but I really like those. I actually was telling my daughter who, you know, has charts like that for her children about your book. And I'm going to uh, let her see the different ways, the different means, because I think children, uh, if you do the same thing all the time, they get tired of it. And something Mm -hmm. new um, is kind of fun, you know, spinning around to see which chore they do. So I really like, Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that. I think it's, it's a great idea. So let's talk about some ground rules you suggest for meaningful mealtimes, because we want to take back mealtime and uh, Mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about uh, mealtime, what's happening in our culture today with so many families, and how we can uh, uh, have ground rules for mealtime. Okay. Well, research has come out that really has, it's staggering research, actually, that, that shows the importance of mealtime, that that one daily activity that we really have taken for granted, that that lowers our children's chances of of really some harmful behaviors, um, of them engaging in those harmful behaviors. And we just cannot um, put a value on how important it is. I mean, it, it is it is immeasurably important that we have that time with our families. But what's happening is that as we get busier and as we put other things before family dinner, um, it gets pushed out. And that's for me too. You know, I'm, I'm again, I'm speaking from experience. Um, we live the, the very modern life with sports and activities and music and whatnot. And so we have to make a conscious choice that we are going to gather around the table and this is going to be a value for our family. And if we have to push dinner back to 7.30, we're going to do that. 8 o'clock, if we have to, you know, so some people work the graveyard shift, and so I've even known families that have done breakfast, that family breakfast is their time. So it doesn't even have to be family dinner, but just one meal where we're gathering every day. There have been times where we, um, like if, if we're really struggling getting the family dinner on, the kids just cannot wait, then I will do a family dessert around 8 or 8.30, and we'll just call everyone down and that'll be our time. But just a time where we're all gathering together and having that, that um, significant or even just that, that catch-up conversation that ultimately is very important for us and our children. And then once we're there, there are some ground rules, I think, that, that we can go ahead and say these are, these are some of our guidelines for being together at the table. And one of them is try and limit the amount of conflict that happens. So, if you have a child who's acting out uh, or a toddler who's maybe throwing a tantrum or teenagers who are, you know, nitpicking each other, um, to remove them from the table and to say, this is actually a sacred space. We're not, we, we don't want this, this to be filled with conflict. We want it to be a place of peace in our home. And so to actually take that issue away from the table, go into your bedroom, whatever, deal with the issue, and then bring the child back 
to the table and let them try again. And so that just protects the space of the table. Um, some other, you know, some other things we like to do at the table is to have conversation starters. And that is just a way for us to open up conversation with one another. And we, we also like to do highs and lows, bet you didn't know. Um, but, you know, just to, to mix it up and to do some different things so that it's, it's fun to come to the table and it's a fun time of connecting. That's great. And that is the time when families come together and communicate. And uh, it's important that each person has a chance to talk. I, I remember my husband's a talker and my uh, older son was a talker and my daughter was a talker and our youngest one was always so quiet, Jeff. And one time I said that, he goes, well, it's because I never get a chance to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, oh, Jeff, talk. I mean, he, he, he became a, a great talker, but, uh, uh, but he, he always uh, um, was a little more quiet, not because he was personally quiet, just because he would listen more than he would talk. We have two minutes left, um, Krista. So uh, let's just let you share anything else you'd like our listeners to know uh, about Reclaiming Home. I would just like to um, encourage any listeners or who out there who are maybe discouraged or who just feel like, you know, what, what I'm doing is not making that big of a difference. I would like to encourage you and just to say, do not undervalue the, the small things you are doing are important and they are making a huge difference in the life of your child. And, it's like I'm a gardener, and it's like we're planting, and we're, we're watering, and we're tending that soil. And we may not see results for a very long time, but you are making a difference in the life of your child and also in the life of your spouse. And those small things that we do really matter. And so keep going. Persevere. Don't give up. Keep loving. Keep doing the hard work. Keep reclaiming your home because in the end, generations will benefit from your work that you're putting in now. And for those of you who want more resources, you could, again, go to my website, KristaGilbert.com, and I'd love to, to walk through that journey with you. All right. Very good. Again, my guest has been Krista Gilbert, Reclaiming Home, A Family's Guide for Life, Love, and Legacy. Uh, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. You can learn more on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Uh, you can uh, call us to uh, order one of the booklets uh, at one 877 and also, you can sign up to uh, be in the drawing for one of Krista's books. Uh, you can also email us at uh, witness to family at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, uh, listen again next week. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. 
When you have the velocity of a rhino behind you, you're going places. Rhino High Productions, a national creative agency combining 20 years of media, marketing, and entertainment experience. We connect people, we generate strategies, we produce out-of-the-box media, and we do it all at rates lower than the other big agencies. Want to move your company forward in 2016? Contact us at 314-349-1222. That's 314-349-1222. Or visit our website at rhinohideproductions.com. And don't forget the why and hide.